0: certainly seeing and hearing things in the news that are beyond what we ever thought we would see and hear. There's an effort to divide us by race, economic class, and other issues. They're using uh, things like abortion. Inflation is out of control. An effort to destroy our country really seems to be underway because there is a push towards a new world order and a new world government. Well, guess what? These headlines were all predicted thousands of years ago in the Bible. Even the great reset that is being talked about, it's all there. And we're going to talk about it today with a guy who knows more about the biblical prophecy than anybody I've ever met. Uh, Before we introduce him though, Brian and Terry, these are difficult times, but they're also exciting times when you realize how close we are to the return of Christ.
1: It's true. So true. So true. And and I don't know that if I wasn't a Christian, if I didn't have mm. the comfort of Christ in my life and understanding and believing the Word of God, scary times for sure.
2: No, it really is. not it's, it's amazing because people are, are finally... They're, they're seeing something's wrong, and <laughs> and they're and they're, it's, they're starting to be aware of it and starting to be afraid of it. And it's like you know, just, where is this go? where's this going to go? Where's this going to happen? What's you know, where's this leading us? And it at leaves a nice open door to testify and to let them know what we're, our life is about, what Christ needs to us in our lives, and how how can we be so calm about it? But it's it's all coming rapidly, as you see every day in the papers.
0: It's never been more important to be on our knees, to be in the Word, and to mm. know what God's Word says about these times. Our guest today knows a lot about it because he's spent most of his adult life in ministry, and he has studied and memorized God's Word. And Terry, since you know this guy really well, and he's been on in the past, but he's actually related to you, I'm going to let you introduce him. Sure,
1: sure. Uh, It's great to have John Hope back. He's my brother-in-law, and uh, we have to kind of team up together to fight the rest of the family, don't we, John?
3: yes we do
0: it's true (laughs) so you guys are biologically related right (laughs) no and it'll be quite i remember in college studying with you and yeah i was gonna say
1: it'll be quite obvious (laughs) once john starts talking so
0: (laughs) yeah whenever we're teasing terry when we're at family
1: functions it's like Nobody cares what I have to say. It's like, well, what does John have to say
0: about this? But I'm sure you're always there with a the joke to kind of lighten things. <laughs> no,
1: John is an incredible guy. He's generous and, and has a heart for God and knows the Bible backward and forward. He's he's just amazing. And so it's a pleasure to have him join us for sure. Thank you. And, you know, sometimes just the word prophecy scares people a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to be able to, with John's help, bring that down to a comfortable level that people can understand. What what does that truly mean? And, you know, why? And John will just start out by going, why should Christians focus and be concerned about prophecy and about prophetic signs and what the Bible says? Well, I
3: think... Uh... Terry, it's important, obviously. I, I've been trying to be a student of Bible prophecy for, I guess, the last 40 years now. Mm. I had the, the privilege uh, 42 years ago of taking a course under Dr. John Wolvert, who uh, was the president of Dallas Theological Seminary from 1952 to 1986, wrote over 30 books wow. on prophecy, End times prophecy, biblical prophecy, the book of Revelation, the question of the rapture, dispensationalism, uh, the tribulation, what it means and when it might occur. And every class he he would open when I had the privilege of sitting under his ministry of saying that a good Christian pastor will always have the newspaper in one hand and a Bible and the book of Revelation in Mm -hmm. the other. He would end every class by saying, uh, Can you hear the hoofbeats? Meaning Mm -hmm. the four horsemen of the apocalypse in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. But he also made it very plain, and I think we should understand, that Jesus scolded the religious people of his day for not being in tune to the signs of the times. Uh, In Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, and I'm just paraphrasing now, Jesus said, to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he said, you know, when the sky is red at night, it's going to be fair weather tomorrow. He said, when the sky is red in the morning, it's going to be foul weather all day. He said, you know how to read the weather signs in the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he scolded them for that. And I think um, we should take heed to that uh, scolding of our Lord and realize that we as Religious people, Christians, believers uh, should be in tuned also to the signs of the second coming, the signs of the, the end times. And especially because the Bible declares in Second Peter chapter 2 that there are going to come scoffers in the last days saying, where is the promise mm-hmm. of his coming? For yeah. since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But, ye beloved, are ignorant of this very thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. So we know there's going to be scoffers, disbelievers who will scorn those who look at history and say that God is moving it in a direction towards the day of the Lord and that he's giving signs to us along the way to know the nearness of that event. Yeah, but, you know,
1: uh, even as Christians, it's it it kind of. It is so hard to understand sometimes the book of Revelations, and I think pastors stay away from it because they don't have a good enough handle on it. So why do you think that is? Is it, is it easier and simpler than what we think it
3: is? I do believe it is. I think there's a, you know, there's a, some people say a veil over people's eyes to some spiritual truths in these last days. And yet the book's title in and of itself, revelation, where it says in, in verse 1 of the book that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John to show him things which shall come to pass shortly. The word revelation itself in the Greek, Apocalypsis means to take away the veil, hmm. that this is an unveiling of the personhood of Jesus and of the events that are about to take place. Mm -hmm. So, um, in fact, Revelation is the only book of the Bible that promises a special blessing to those who will read it and obey it. Revelation 1-3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep the things which are written therein, for the day is at hand. Mm -hmm. Now, what book promises a built-in special blessing to the person who would just pick it up? So Satan doesn't want us to read this book. He doesn't want us to obtain that special blessing. Uh, The blessing, the Greek word for blessing is makarios, which means to enlarge one's capacity. We are promised an enlargement of our capacity for God if we would just simply read, understand, and hear the words of this prophecy. It's guaranteed. It's built into the book itself. Yeah.
2: John, I have a question. We all believe that the Second Coming is right around the corner. It's ever so close. And every time we see the newspaper, and of course, and read Revelation, um, it seems like I'm just reading right out of the Bible when when I read the headlines. But back in 1983, Billy Graham wrote, I have heard the distant sound of hoofbeats that signify the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why would he say that back in 1983 when we're really seeing what's happening now? Compared to them.
3: Yeah, I read those words and, and that sermon actually by Billy Graham, uh, and he based it on Revelation 6, 1 through 8, which again was Dr. Wolver's uh, favorite passage from the book of Revelation, because it marks the beginning of the tribulation period in Revelation chapter 6. So Billy Graham was saying if we see world events that are leading us to the beginning of that tribulation period, or geopolitical events, or economic signs, or moral signs, or social signs that seem to label the precondition for the tribulation period, we know that the horsemen are going to come out of the stalls very Mm. shortly. Mm. And Billy Graham, of course, believed that the rapture would take place before that event, that the tribulation would be after the rapture, the church would be in heaven, and that these signs would ultimately be fulfilled during that seven-year tribulation period. But we have to hear the sound of the hoof, prints or the hoof beats before the horses actually arrive. (laughs) So he was saying even in 83, he was beginning to see those kinds of signs evolve that would indicate the horsemen were coming. So, John, we're even closer now. Are you convinced we're... Very close to Christ's return. We're in that season. I think, uh, again, as a student of just biblical prophecy for about 40 years or so, I've Mm -hmm. never seen a time where it seemed as close as it does today. I mean, if if you look at just the geopolitical signs, the New World Order you mentioned, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the economic signs, inflation at 8.6%. Uh, In the month of of May, uh, prices of our groceries that we recognize every day when we go into the grocery store, every time we fill up at the gas pump, we see it's not just inflation, but it's hyperinflation. We're beginning to see the convergence of these signs, the birth pangs, Mm. the beginnings of sorrows, as Jesus put it in Matthew 24. Uh, They're beginning to converge. The birth pangs are coming closer And closer together. The labor is becoming more intense. So I I think we realize that we're very close. I have my computer flagged on articles that mention biblical signs. It used to pick up maybe five or six in a couple of day period. Now I'm getting 15 to 20 a day that are coming into my computer that are flagged. I've got stacks of them here on my bed next to me that we could refer to in this Broadcast, you know, that come wow. in every day now that are flagged for biblical signs that indicate that we're entering into the period of the last days. So I, I, just I'm sorry us.
0: to jump uh, backwards, guys, because I know we got a lot to cover, but I've, I've got to delve in. What are the most powerful headlines that are grabbing your attention?
3: Well, actually, I think in the last few days, it's been, of course, having to do with inflation, food shortages farming crises, fertilizer prices, baby formula shortages, yeah. uh, all kinds of shortages, baby formula being just one of them, yeah. but those, those kinds of indicators were in the land of plenty in the United States of America. We're just not yeah. used to seeing those kinds of things, the breadbasket of the world. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know we're, we're definitely in a period of, of crisis which is only going to grow worse. Uh, As we indicated at the beginning, the believers ought to be comforted by that, not growing panicky. As a result of that, Jesus said, you know, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. So we are believers. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we definitely do have to see history becoming more chaotic as God moves history towards that day of the Lord, period.
1: Yeah, John, this this all came so... Practical and real to me as you and I were sitting last Sunday having lunch and watching the Rays play. And we got talking about some of the current events and the lawlessness of our country Mm, and how uh, the Supreme Court just overturned Roe versus Wade and how the reaction of people and the like the Supreme Court justices are being. Their houses are being surrounded and they're being picketed and, and it's all against the law. But yet it's turned political to where if you don't choose to believe that law, then you're not going to enforce that law. And it, it's just craziness before our eyes. And you brought me back to a scripture in second Thessalonians two, three. And it was relating to that first horse. And if we have the time, let's zip through those four horses that we're talking about, the, the hoofbeats approaching, and share with, with our listeners what you shared with me regarding that ominous
3: rider on the white horse. Yeah, it's an amazing. Uh, I remember our conversation, Terry, on Sunday that uh, you know the, the age of lawlessness, the, the total disregard for the rule of law, yeah, Is, and that and that term even has become so prevalent here in our in our last few weeks of uh, media coverage. But um, in in Revelation six uh, again, verses one through two, you know, the Lamb opened one of the seals, and a white horse appeared, and on the white horse, one who sat had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And obviously, this is a a reference to probably what is the most popular character of the Book of Revelation, that being the Antichrist. And Paul, referring to that same character in Second Thessalonians chapter two, said that you know don't be ignorant of this one thing that that day shall not occur until the man of lawlessness shall appear, the man of sin, the son of Perdition or destruction. Mm. So, the Antichrist figure, in order for him to appear as he does here on, on the white horse as one who has a bow in his hand, meaning the weapons of warfare, but notice it's an arrowless bow. So, he doesn't fire a shot. He somehow comes to rule by acquiescence of the population of the world. Although he has weapons of destruction at his disposal, he doesn't even need to fire a shot. He just ushers in his rule by the crown on his head, conquering and to conquer with an arrowless bow. And, and the reason he can do that is because this man of lawlessness, there must be a precondition in society that would allow him to be accepted in so wow. that he can rule Ooh. over the world. And it's this societal mm. condition that we're seeing right now. Wow. Of, of lawlessness, mass <laughs> shootings where people have total disregard, not only for human life, but for the law. Uh, so, the, the, the robberies that are taking place where now district attorneys are not even prosecuting because it doesn't reach the threshold of a certain value of goods. So, yeah, well, right. no consequences uh, for yeah. those types of crimes. We'll just we'll just overlook those. We'll just let those happen. Uh, let, let's do away with the, the bail system. What, why should uh, why should lawbreakers have to remain in jail until they're proven guilty uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt? Let's just let them out. Let's do away with the bail system, the bond system. Let's not hold them or incarcerate them. Let's just let them loose. The consequences of breaking the law is being gradually removed from our society we used to be a society of the rule of law the yeah. constitution but we're no yeah, longer
1: borders it just
3: goes on and on doesn't open it borders right that's yeah. it you could list yeah countless examples of that well that scene has to take place before the man of lawlessness can come into being and so but he will and he will yeah. ride that white horse. He will come in by acquiescence of the world, and he will be that type of a leader that has no regard for the law.
0: So we hmm. usually go about 25 minutes, John. I think we're going to need about 10 hours here, but <laughs> we'll try to move ahead. So let's jump ahead to the rider of the red horse depicted in Revelation 6, 3 through 4. What's the prophetic significance of his journey, on earth?
3: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great scripture in 4 and 5, and just to read the scripture, when he opened the second seal, he heard the sound of the living creature say, Come and see another horse. Fiery red went out and it was granted the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that the people should kill one another. Sounds mm. familiar with our mass shootings, doesn't it? Yeah. Apart from warfare, uh, kill one another. And it was given to him a great sword, a great sword. In other words, um, uh, a special highly technical weaponry, not just a sword, a common sword, but the sword was the weapon of warfare in biblical times. John, a first century person, trying to ascertain what he's seeing, 20th century happenings through first century eyes, which really is one of the reasons Revelation sometimes is so difficult for people to understand. You have to remember, this is a back to the future book. Mm -hmm. We have a first-century man incarcerated and exiled on the Aegean island of Patmos in AD 95 who gets transported 20 centuries into the future. He's witnessing events. He's told in verse 19 to write what he has seen and the things which are and the things which shall come to pass hereafter. But a first century man trying to witness events 2,000 years into the future and then trying to make sense of them and write them down in his own terminology. Difficult task, difficult sometimes for us to ascertain what he was trying to describe. But he describes this as a great sword, probably thermonuclear weapons in our day and age. You know, Mm, what would be the high tech weapons of warfare? And then he, he... you think about the I mean, since World War II, war wars and rumors of wars have gone on continuously. Right. But w- what's the difference in our age now? The main partners have thermonuclear weapons. Every main player, Russia in Ukraine, mm-hmm. has done some rattle, some saber rattling about using technical nuclear weapons, tactical nuclear weapons. If America does this. Russia will respond in force by doing this. China has threatened to invade Taiwan. President Biden has made it clear in no uncertain terms that America would have to respond militarily if that takes place because of the microchip process and and shortages. I mean, we have uh, Iran and Israel right on the precipice of war because Iran says It wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Israel says Iran shall never have a nuclear weapon. But now the Atomic Energy Commission just last week, the International Atomic Energy Commission said that Iran has finally uh, has enough enriched uranium to produce now a nuclear weapon. So when Mm -hmm. Biden goes to visit Israel next month on his Middle Eastern trip, one of their main topics of conversation will be the failure of the joint comprehensive plan of action talks between Iran and the United States to come to some kind of nuclear treaty. Israel says Iran will never possess a nuclear weapon. They're stepping up their IDF, their Israel Defense Forces, to come up with a military campaign that will strike at Iran's military capability. The world is a little different now than it was in World War II days. Now the major players have nuclear
2: weapons. And John, you mentioned earlier one of them being economic woes, too, and what's happening with the inflation, and everything that's going on. Uh, do you think our current economic woes are a foreshadowing of the signs depicted by the black horse over Revelation 6, 5, and 6?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think, again, if you look at that, look at the way that that's depicted in, in verses 5 and 6. When he opened the third seal, of course, there was a black horse, but he who sat on it had a pair of scales, scales for weighing, balancing, obviously, the signs of commerce uh, Mm -hmm. that John knew of in biblical days, had scales in his hand, and he heard a voice in the midst of the creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, but do not harm the oil and the wine. And what we see here is, first of all, on the one hand, hyperinflation. A wheat, a loaf of wheat bread. Now, I went to Walmart. This morning I paid a dollar 48 for a loaf of whole wheat bread. Wow. Minimum wage is about $15 an hour so you know it's not even putting a dent in in the minimum wage but here he's saying that a loaf of wheat bread will cost a denarius. Denarius was the normal daily wage, wage in yeah. John's time. It was a mm-hmm. day's a full day's wage. Not a high day's wage but a full day wage. And then he says that three quarts of barley or three loaves of barley bread, a less nutritious uh, grain product, would cost also a denarius. So here we have, obviously, hyperinflation. It's going to cost a person a day's wage for mere sustenance. Just mm. for a loaf of bread, you're going to have to pay a, a full day's wage for three loaves of barley bread. But then he says, do not harm the wine and the oil, and wine and the oil in biblical times were were the products of the rich. Mm. Uh So while the poor are getting poorer, by hyperinflation, the oligarchs Mm -hmm. of the world who are in tune with the world ruler, the Antichrist, the beast who sits on the white horse, they're not going to suffer like the poor. So the poor will get poorer and the rich will get richer, the oligarchs. We'll get richer. The poor will get poorer as a result of hyperinflation. We see 8.6 inflation. When has it been that? In 40 years. Right. right. I mean, you know, we're seeing prices at the grocery store. I, I see every product go up every time we go.
2: Mm-hmm. Gas now. is
3: higher than it's ever been. When We're going to pay $6 a gallon probably mm-hmm. before the summer is over as demand goes up. And, and it just, it's it's natural. We came through a pandemic where where the supply went down due to shutdowns, due to ports being closed, doing a shortage of containers, shortage of workers, and now demand has gone up, supply has gone down. Well, you don't have to be an economist to say what the outcome of that will be. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. there right now.
1: Yeah. Well, John, we're running a little low on time, but let's get to that fourth <laughs> a horse, and tell us about the pale horse.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting This is really, I would say, global holocaust, because mm. the, the rider of this pale, and actually in the Greek, it's a pale green horse, but his name tells it all. It's death, thanatos in the Greek, which means to pass out of existence, and Hades, which is his companion, meaning the grave. So this horse's very name is Death and the Grave. And then it gives us the reasons that Death and the Grave will come. And it's and it's an amazing thing here that it says it's going to kill a fourth of the world's population. Yeah, Power wow. was given to them over... I, I looked up, the, the world's population is approximately seven billion nine hundred and fifty four thousand. So we're, we're talking about 2, two billion. billion people being eliminated from the earth by either the weapons of warfare, the sword, or hunger, food shortages, or by death, which the Greek word is pestilence, or you might say pandemic. We've just come through one of those and setting the scene for this outcome. And then by the beast of the earth, and literally it means by the infected animals of the earth. In mm-hmm. other words, animals that have a disease that they're able to pass on to humans. Isn't that interesting? Uh, The Wuhan lab in China, you know, Mm -hmm. they first said it was a bat that passed it on in the wet markets of Wuhan. Now they're saying possibly it was biological transmission. We're not sure, but I do know one thing we have an outbreak of the avian flu Mm -hmm. going on in America and 20 million chickens were killed last week, raising the price of eggs by, 89% in the grocery store this week because of an outbreak. And the avian flu is still in Iowa and Illinois and in the upper Midwest and the breadbasket of our country. So every one of these outcomes brings uh, a two billion human beings dying. I was looking at some of the things recently, the the COVID deaths in the world as of today are six million three hundred and twenty-four thousand. Mm. Pandemic could wipe out that many people. But Carl Sagan, I'll never forget this, I heard him speak one time and he's been dead now since 2002. Carl Sagan, the famous astronomer from Cornell University, uh, said that if there ever was a thermonuclear war, he estimated between Russia and the United States that 1.1 billion people would be killed immediately Mm. and that another billion people would suffer radiation sickness bringing the total to 2.1 billion. And isn't it something that uh, Revelation says that a quarter of the earth's population, approximately 2 billion people would die just as a result Uh, of thermonuclear war as a result of the sword Mm, and the green horse being loosed from the stalls.
0: John, we're, we're at the end of our show here, but I feel impressed to ask you to give people hope because this is scary, especially for people who don't know the Lord. But knowing you, you have a glow about you, and you are excited. And what is our hope that we can, what that will help us to get up out of bed in the morning and say, "Yeah, I'm ready. Let's mm. let's bring on. Uh, let's have the joy of the Lord today."
3: Amen. Well, you know, there's, there's a scripture in Luke 21 that I always hold on to. Uh, it says, "There shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth." distress of nations with perplexity, the waves and the seas roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, looking after those things which shall come upon the earth. But when these things begin to come to pass, Jesus said, look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. There's no greater promise to know that we serve a God. We serve a God in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is moving history in the direction that he wants it to go. That Mm -hmm. direction is towards the ultimate redemption of his children, of his Mm -hmm. believers, who will enjoy eternity with him in heaven, which is described in Revelation 20 through 22. That's the end of the story. Revelation 6 through 19 talks about the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments in in very strict chronological order, but that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is 20 through 22, where John sees us exalted in heaven with our God for all eternity. That's the hope. Mm -hmm. History does not go in circles. History is not chaotic. When we see these signs, we are affirmed that God is moving history in the direction that he wants it to go, and that direction is the redemption of you and I, and it's mm-hmm. coming. Well, Beautiful. it's
0: always fascinating to have you on, John. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to do it again. That's right. uh, Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your time so generously with us. And and Terry, since John is your brother-in-law, I wonder if you would just close us in prayer. We're at the end of the show. We've gone longer, but it's been so rich. But Pray for those that don't know the Lord. Would you do that right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Father, listening to this podcast, someone might uh, Mm -hmm. be fearful. Somebody might look at all the negativity of what's going to be taking place, God. But as John just said, we have a hope, and that hope Mm -hmm. is in you. And I pray right now for anyone who may be listening that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, Mm -hmm. that they would realize that you would plant in their heart and in their spirit that they have a need for you. Yes. And that their only hope in getting out of this tribulation period is to know you as their yes. Lord and as their Savior. So I would just ask that you would uh, minister to everyone listening, God. Move, Lord and Jesus. those that don't know you would just say that simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I realize you died for me. You died for my sins to have them forgiven, to have them erased to have them taken away, and I accept that, I believe it, and I want you to be my Savior, and I want you to be my Lord. I want to follow you the rest of the days of my life. And we'll thank you for it, Lord, in your name.
0: Amen. 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 We are racing toward the end of time. Yes. And it's never been more important to know the Lord as your personal Savior, to grow close to Him every day, to read His Word and finish strong as this life wraps up we want to finish we want to go for that line and and hear the words well done good and faithful servant that's what this podcast is about that's what fearless faith ministries is about we pray for you today we thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time for another edition of finish strong god bless everyone Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together
3: we can finish strong.